Laughter filled the air as we chomped away at our lunch. I was on a week-long camping trip with some close friends and some of our dads in Canada. We were staying in a large cabin by the shore of a lake we called Cash Lake. Cash Lake wasn't the true name of the lake, but somehow we ended up calling it that. The lake was beautiful. Fresh air seeped in through the cracked windows as we finished our meals. As we were leaving to go about our day, there was talk of cliff jumping. One of the older boys who had been camping at this campsite before informed us that he had been cliff jumping here and remembered where the cliff was. Everyone other than a select few sounded interested and the decision had been made that we would that he would lead us out to the location on a handful of John boats. Jumping off a cliff sounds like a blast and all, but it wasn't something I thought I was going to do. But there was no way I was going to stay behind. My friends would have brought it up the rest of the week, and that was not something I wanted to deal with. A diluted smell of salt filled the air. It was a windy day on top of us going 20 miles per hour. A mist of cold water covered the entire back half of my body. I was cold, so I was shivering slightly. But it was also due to my nervousness. But if anyone were to ask, though, it would only be because I was cold. The front of the boat bounced up and down, crashing on waves. It wasn't great conditions for a guy who has motion sickness. You could hardly hear people, even if they were yelling. So conversations to soothe my nerves were out of the picture. Eventually, we spotted the cliff. The closer we got, the louder the roar of locusts got. It looked pretty high from the boat, but not too bad. Once you reached our jumping point at the top, it was a whole different cliff. When we reached the base of the cliff, we began unloading off the boats. A line was created, and I strategically put myself towards the end of it. I was waiting for my turn in line to hurl myself off the 50-foot cliff and begin my plunge into the water. The tree branches nearby were being whipped around, making a racket, but it was nothing in comparison to the crashing waves under the base of the cliffside. I was having second thoughts the longer I waited in line. I could see my friends crashing into the water. Their yells and screams echoed. I peeked over the edge and had to stick my head way out there to be able to see the spot where we were supposed to aim for. My palms were sweaty, knees were weak, arms were heavy. When it was my turn, I walked back to get my arm get ready for a running start because there were spikes from the base of the cliffside to about 15 feet out. I started my sprint. Feet from the edge, my legs stopped cooperating, and I tried to put on the brakes. I came to a halt right on the edge of the ed, uh, right on the edge and was leaning forward. The wind was no help in preventing me from falling off the cliff. I felt my shirt being grabbed. Mr. Stone, an adult that came out to supervise us, pulled me back before I fell. I would, have been impaled, I would have impaled myself on the spikes beneath. I was speechless. He looked at me and calmly said, You can't commit halfway. Either you commit or you don't. I'm not really sure if he was talking about jumping or life in general, but I think in both scenarios, it's good advice. So I thanked him and I did what any sane person would do. I walked back and started my run-up again. This time, I fully committed. I leaped back as far as I, I leaped as far as I could to avoid the spikes. It felt like gravity hardly affected me on my plunge. Although I was only airborne for about four seconds, it felt like fifteen. I splashed into the water and went down about fifteen feet. My stomach remained at the top of the cliff when I jumped, so I felt sick. I didn't know which way was up, so I held my breath and let oxygen inside of me take me to the surface. When I felt my back emerge from the water, I leaned back and pulled my head out of the water and took a nice long breath. 
I could taste a hint of my lunch, but I didn't puke. I swam to the surface to clear out of the landing zone for the next person. I was having an adrenaline rush. I decided that one time wasn't enough, so I climbed back up and did it again. And again. And again. It really did get easier after the first time. Eventually, we decided that it was time to head back to camp and make some dinner. We went ahead and all loaded into our boats. As we rowed back on the boats, I thought about how much fun jumping off was. Then I began to think about how poorly that could have ended if Mr. Stone hadn't grabbed my shirts. I could have fallen onto the spikes and been impaled. This thought was all I could think about for the last five minutes of our boat ride. When we got back, I thanked Mr. Stone for what he did that day. I don't know if I'll ever have the chance to repay him for what he did. His advice was much more powerful in that situation than any other situation I have received. You have to commit completely. Commitment isn't something that can be done halfway. I didn't think about his advice much recently until I began writing it. His advice will be something that stays in the back of my mind now.